0: Before we hear God's word and as we listen heart deep, let us pray together. God of life, your spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Your spirit inspired the prophets, the writers of Scripture. Your spirit draws to us to Christ and helps us to acknowledge him as Lord. We ask that you send your spirit now to illuminate these words of Scripture and lead us into, into deeper insight, deeper encouragement, faith, and hope. We pray in the name of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, listen heart deep as we hear our words, uh, the words of Scripture. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead." He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that anyone and everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Then from Colossians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 4. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: He is the word of God, a prophet, a servant. He is the bread of life, the shepherd and the lamb. He is the messenger. He is the humble. of God. He was rejected and abandoned. He was betrayed and condemned. He was mocked and beaten, bruised and pierced. He was crucified and buried. But the nails could not hold him. The cross could not finish him. The stone could not keep him. Death could not He is our ransom and our return.
2: When I say Christ is risen, you say he is risen indeed. Christ is risen. risen Christ is risen. risen Christ is risen. risen. He risen He who was crucified dead and buried on the third day came back to life. In fact, something so decisive happened on the morning of the third day after his crucifixion and death that the scriptures make the audacious claim that we, in fact, have been raised with Christ. Because of Jesus coming back to life, we are brought back to life as well. Think of those scenes or situations in life that mirror this transformation from... Death to life, coming back to life. You know, back to life occurs when something lost has been recovered. Recently, I've had the opportunity to, to see people who are engaged in the process of recovering from a very significant injury or surgery. Some of you have been there. Some of you are there. And some of you have found your life's work in encouraging others along the way, caregivers, nurses, doctors, therapists, to be able to help people, in a sense, come back to life, to the life that they once knew, or at least as close as humanly possible on this side of eternity. I just am blown away by by the tenacious grip on hope, that these people have as they grind through their rehab day by day. Never giving up hope, giving it their all, but also developing with each and every moment that courageous, that courageous understanding and a peace really, about living with the limitations that they may have. I've also had the the opportunity to, uh, to talk with people who are in a journey of recovering their sobriety. Because they're recovering from addiction. To see that that recovery gives them a new lease on life. And not only for their lives, but also for the lives of their loved ones as well you know, we're all still in somewhat of a recovery from from a global pandemic that was unprecedented in our lifetimes. You know, each one of us has had a unique experience of that era of our lives. Some of us are young enough, perhaps, to be telling that story in the next century, the story of how that impacted us but part of the story that is starting to be told and written into the pages of our lives is the story of the recovery from that pandemic. And we see it even in the presence of a sanctuary full of people in a church. And it's okay if you wear a mask, but, but I see that a lot of us don't have those on and are probably feeling good about that. It sure is good to see you. And it's good to see you who are online with us today. You know, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember what we were doing three years ago when the pandemic hit. Uh, and yet sometimes it may seem like just time has gone like that. Like, where did the time go? One of the last things that I did uh, before the pandemic hit was I traveled with a group of families from this church to the Central American nation of Honduras. I see some travel mates right there in the second row. Uh, We went on a mission trip to some new partners with the Church of Transformation, Iglesia de Transformación, in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And this church had established an amazing ministry among the poor in a particular, I guess you would call it really a slum of that Central American city. And they were doing incredible work. But then the pandemic hit. And as you might suspect, the testimony that came to us from them in Honduras was that the pandemic impacted the poor in ways that really go way beyond what most of us experienced. The, the, uh, the quarantine... And limitations by a government that at times can be too oppressive and also corrupt in a real way lasted for a full two years. But there was something amazing that happened. Just this last week, our new friend that we met there, Pastor Walter, he came back. uh, And he's visiting the United States. and, And he shared with us what happened during those dark days. And what type of courageous ministry the people involved in that ministry, and some of the, the core of those helping out the poor are those who'd been through the program. They were poor kids themselves who were raised up and given uh, the opportunity for an education, and they, their lives were claimed through this ministry, and they are, are sticking around to be an agent of help, mentoring others, and amazing things happened during those dark days. But to see that ministry brought back to life and the amazing new ventures that are going on. And the ministry to the poor, they have a name for that, and they call it Vida Plena, full life. Just like Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. In this ministry, there are people who are dedicated to bringing that new life to the people, the poor of Honduras, and we're in partnership with that. Back to life also happens when something broken is lovingly restored. You know, I gotta tell you, what a difference a fresh coat of paint makes, doesn't it? You know, I don't know if you recognize this at all, because many of you live in the surrounding community, you've seen this church for years and years and years, Uh, But I I tend to to come here rather often. (laughs) It's sort of my place of work, and uh, and I can't tell you. About a month ago, the outside of a church got a fresh paint job, the the entire thing. And in fact, the inside of the church also did. And some of you might know from your many uh, years of worshiping here that that early on, from when this church was built, there was a crack up there. Find the crack. It's been covered. It's been lovingly restored. And I just can't say enough. Uh, uh, Jeremy Keating, who uh, is the painting contractor, he's a member of our church, uh, but he and his, his folks did that. And uh, I, I recognized him at the first service, but I want to just give praise and props uh, to him and all those who were participating in that project because it makes such a difference. And any time that something of value is restored, kind of to its original intent, its original luster, it's, it's a moment. It's a back-to-life moment, whether it's a car with a lot of miles and maybe a bit of rust on it, or whether it's a well-worn piece of furniture, or it's a home that, that has been well-lived in. But when those things are lovingly restored, they're brought back to life. And we can all appreciate it, even if we aren't craftsmen or women who, who engage in that. But we certainly can identify with it, because sometimes we feel like we're that rusted-out car. (laughs) That we are that well-worn piece of furniture, that lived-in home. And we want to believe that we still have value to our lives, regardless of the miles on us. Praise the Lord. We do have that kind of value. And one of the things that we hope for in our lives when it comes to restoration restored relationships. You know, we know, by matter of fact, from our lives, that relationships are delicate. They're brittle. They can be chipped. They can be worn down. But they can be brought back to life lovingly through the application of Forgiveness. One of the most beautiful things that we can ever experience as human beings is to be forgiven. Has that happened to you? It's happened to me recently. And I marvel at it, that that even though I really don't deserve that forgiveness, it's offered to me in a way that makes the relationship keep going. And it's beautiful. And it's one of the most amazing gifts that we can offer One to another. You see, the Easter message is about this kind of restoration the restoration of a broken relationship, the reconciliation between humanity in their sin and a holy God. Jesus' death and resurrection accomplishes the forgiveness of sins, and this divine forgiveness restores the relationship with God. There are a lot of images that we've used in this concept of of moments and situations that that have a back-to-life feel to it. But some of the greatest minds, the greatest philosophers and theologians have have put their thoughts to this as well. And one of my my favorite high-thinking theologians is the the great 20th century Scottish theologian T.F. Torrance, who who along with the kind of the advances in cosmology, in science, as our understanding of the universe has, has exploded and multiplied in the 20th century, that he was one who helped interpret the Christian tradition and indeed the universality of the power of Jesus' resurrection. And this is what he writes. It is in the resurrection, then, that the ultimate content and purpose of the atonement and reconciliation come to fruition and into full view in the recreation of humanity in communion with God. We are lovingly restored back into our created relationship with God. And he writes, this is the ontological side of redemption. The healing and restoring of being in relation to the creative source of all being. This is the message that spread like wildfire after Jesus rose from the dead and commissioned his disciples to proclaim its significance far and wide to the ends of the earth. It turned the world upside down, the scriptures say, starting with a small band of disciples who witnessed the risen Jesus, and multiplying over the centuries to today, a global movement of more than 2.4 billion believers. As we see in Acts chapter 10, these first Christians understood that they'd been commanded to preach to the people and testify to Jesus' resurrection. And they did that from the very beginning. And remarkably early on, that testimony got written down in the first century. And remarkably soon after that, those transcripts, those manuscripts, there are existing portions of those manuscripts today because of the loving care that was given to the testimony of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. What they did is they, in their preaching... Our text says they preached. The Greek behind that word is act, actually it goes more than further than that. It is the word evangelizo, which is to evangelize, which is to proclaim the good news, just like the angel choirs proclaimed when Jesus was born. The early church proclaimed the good news of what of peace with God. This remarkable person they knew as the Savior Messiah. Was now, because he was victorious over sin and death, he was now known as Lord of all. And they had a powerful message to share that was relevant to all people because it was an offer to everyone. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins in his name. There it is. There it is. Now, to receive forgiveness calls us to active participation. It's not just okay. It's not the limit. It's not the full extent of receiving forgiveness that one person received it once upon a time. It's an ongoing offer that comes to us again and again, whether it's the first time or the 42nd time or the four thousand and second time. Because it's being offered. We're invited to grasp it to seize it, to take hold of it. Here it is. Here it is. Take it. The church in Jerusalem praised God when they discovered the boundary-shattering significance of Jesus' resurrection, marveling that God has given even to the Gentiles, those who are known as outsiders, God has given even to them The repentance that leads to life. Repentance that leads to life. This cross-forged and resurrection-sealed peace with God through forgiveness restores a relationship that brings us back to life. In fact, the cross and the empty tomb are road signs on the road of repentance. Repentance... In the Greek of the New Testament is the word metanoia, which describes a turning, a turnabout, a U-turn. Can't do that very often in Washington State, but in California, you can. But that U-turn is foundational to the Christian faith, to the message of Jesus rising from the dead. Because it's so natural for us to be focused on What is behind? To be focused on death and despair. We are invited, and these powerful words from the Apostle Paul and Colossians invite us to, we are invited to turn, to refocus our mindset and focus them on Jesus. Because we have been raised with him. So focus on him and his life. And that requires often a turning A turning of our attention away from the things that are not eternal. Death is behind us. So why get wrapped up in it? An eternal life looms ahead. Turn to Christ. Set your mind on him and the life that he offers. Back to life. It happens. It happened that first Easter. And it goes on happening as people walk the road of repentance and receive this gift of forgiveness that restores, that restores a relationship with God. By God's grace, Because of Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit, it's happening all the time. I'd like to conclude this sermon with a video of a song sung by a woman named Zaria Zachary. I heard about her testimony recently that for her, Jesus bringing her back to life was what Jesus did in rescuing her from many years of suffering in deep depression. Her story, to me and I hope to you, is a reminder of the healing and hope that Jesus brings even in those places of deep suffering. That when we sing our praises, and this is a day for praise, many times it comes from the depths. And of course, Easter Sunday is forever linked to Jesus' suffering with us on our behalf on the cross. Zaria gives voice to her praise in a song. The title of that song? Back to Life.
1: How can I begin to thank you For all that you've done for me Jesus to fully praise you Take all eternity, just like Lazarus.